Hello, this is Dr. Shiva. Welcome to our podcast, Get Educated or Be Enslaved. Episode 1379, air date December 18th, 2023. Okay, we're good. Okay. Get recording on my end. Okay, great. Dr. Shiva, thank you so much for joining us today. It's an honor to have you on the show. Good to be here. So there's a lot that I want to talk about with you, um, spanning you know, Israel war, elections in America, the deep state. There's just a lot of different topics. I know that you're someone that has been intimately involved in elections, and now you're running uh, for president. And that gives you, I think, a very broad exposure to a lot of information. And I've seen a lot of your videos gone, you know, have gone viral for different points that you've made, which uh, I want to explore some of those with you. But I first want to start with this one point. So you know, I've been doing this since really since the election in 2020 is when I started this podcast. And I've seen a, a during the election time, we had basically people that obviously voted for Trump and people that voted for Biden. That was how America was split. But as we've further moved past that time, and as, we, as we've gone through the, the Maricopa audit, the, the, the cyber symposium, all the different ups and downs, then you had the Ukraine war, then the Israel war. What I've seen is that group of people that at one time was really just supportive of one candidate has been splintered so much, even to the point, so the reason I even reached out to your team was that I, you know, oftentimes I put requests out to my audience on social media, say, hey, who should I interview? And I had your name come up so many times, get Dr. Shiva on, get Dr. Shiva on. So, okay, great. And I announced that you're coming on. And even that, I had a lot of people that were so excited, yet I had this other large part of the audience that they, they hated you. Yet these are people that are conservative. They, they have good values. They, and it's just, what I've seen is just that even within the more conservative movement that people have become so splintered into a hundred different groups now. And I feel like I've never seen this much division uh, in, in America. It's not just A or B. It, it's, there's actually like A through Z and then you know, one through a hundred in, in terms of what groups people are fitting into. And so what do you think from your perspective is behind all this division and how do we, how do we get past it? What's well, a really good question. You know, I think the first thing to understand is that people seem to think that splintering and divisions are bad. I would argue it's a good thing. And I'll, I'll tell you why. What's happened is because I would say because of our effort, our movement's effort and the work I've been doing, for me, it's been a long journey over 50 years. And then, in, in, you know, as an activist, um, probably over the last, you know, 40 years. And then as an electoral participant, you know, in the electoral process of running for office, you can, let's say, put that since the last, you know, six, seven years, right? And, and, and then um, in 2020, we were the ones who really led that went global, many of these really, really important uh, areas, you know, of election systems integrity, um, you know, the censorship infrastructure that we discovered long before the limited hangout people came along. Um, and then you can look at the real issues with the immune system, you know, during the quote unquote pandemic. So if you look at all of that, I would argue that it was our effort that's helped in some way splinter all this in a good way. And I'll tell you why. I'll tell you why the splintering is really important. And it's it's not a bad thing. Um, 
you know, there's a slogan, you know, if you do bodybuilding or you work out or if you study any type of archetypes, you have to destroy before you can create. And so you have to be the destructive force is as important as a creative force. Um, because the structures that have been built, particularly over the last, you know, I would say since 1950, 1970 till today, were consolidations of power. Um, and those structures went like this. They were typically the two structures that people typically saw. What they saw is the left and the right, Republican, Democrat, labor and conservative, right? In India, BJP and uh, Congress, right? And you can go to every country. There were these typically two wings. Um, so that's what we call the obvious wings of the establishment. And those two wings are typically, um, you know, supported by um, the swarm. You know, as I've defined it, if people go to shattertheswarm.com, if everyone hasn't seen, it'll give you the elites themselves run beauty pageants. You say the global elites run beauty pageants. They have to make sure they have, quote unquote, their leaders who are able to um, corral people um, using all sorts of different techniques, acting techniques, essentially. So sometimes they'll want a Trump, sometimes they'll want a Biden, sometimes they'll want an Obama. So they do these beauty pageants, knowing that any of their leaders, whether they're on their left or the right, Republican, Democrat, you know, whatever, their wings are still part of their swarm. Okay. And so they do their own little gigs where you have to figure out who's going to. Um, in the case of Zionism, who sucks most of the Zionist cockwell, right? And in that layer, they select those people at a particular point, right? So the elites essentially run these beauty pageants. That's what they are. And the election fraud becomes the way they run the beauty pageants. And we should talk about that. All right. The wings, the two obvious wings also have their radical wings on the left and the right. Uh, the radical means the seemingly radical who do enough to make sure that the people don't leave any one of the obvious wings. Okay. It's like, they're the, um, so if you, I, I've used this analogy, if you look at the, a bird and you look at the shoulders of the bird, those are the obvious establishment and the wings are the left wing and the right wing, um, that they use to keep people entranced to thinking that the bird is going to do something for them. Okay. So this is a dynamic that quickly, everyone uses. Shiva. So it reminds me, it reminds me so much of Edward Bernays' book, Propaganda, where he basically describes this exact scenario and saying that the average person doesn't have the mental capacity to decide between more than two choices. And so it's the elite's job to construct two different options for them, Coke or Pepsi, uh, red or blue, and just present these two options. And, but it's really the people that are presenting the options that are controlling things. I mean, it's, it's exactly what he laid out in his book. And I think it was 1928 he wrote that book. Just incredible yeah. that it's exactly what you're talking about. Yeah. So the Edward Bernays model was also had this other feature to it where you would also distill everything to little sound bites. Edward Bernays is some people call him father of modern advertising. He's the one who created the whole ad campaign um, linking smoking with liberation with women, right? Where they had the women um, marching right with their cigarettes as though and he was always able to do use associative memory to link one thing with another right so left wing meant this right wing meant this but the elites on the left and the right 
know that people are also smart, that from time to time people say, wait a minute, they start figuring stuff out. And so the left and the right also create the radical elements of them, which they also control. Or the, I have to put double quote radical or the double quote not so obvious establishment or the quote unquote anti-establishment wings, but they're really not anti-establishment. Okay. They say enough to keep the masses hypnotized so they don't leave and to give them false hope. That That's their goal. So the elites on the left and the right have these wings and whose purpose is to give false hope. Think about Obama's slogan, hope, okay? Make America great, lock her up, drain the swamp, um, you know, heal the divide. You can keep going down the list. These are all made from Madison Avenue advertising. So people do not basically shoot this bird, <laughs> okay? Um, so they keep, you know, being enthralled by this bird right? So Bernie Sanders talks a bunch of nonsense, right? And he's brought there to keep all the young people entranced as though he is for working people, right? Donald Trump is brought to keep people entranced as though he supports evangelical right, you know, as though he's a patriot, um, so on, right? And now more recently, because of our work, where we've exposed both, they've created Booby effing Kennedy to act like he's anti-establishment, right? And so on. Now, if you have some glasses and you're able to look at the actual bird and you're able to put it on, you're able to see the bird is actually Satan or devil, you know, or actually manipulative. Uh, there are some key issues that help you do that, where you can build this wisdom. One of the issues is Zionism. The other is, will they ever cover me in our campaign, even though we're known all over the world by nearly about a half a billion people? There's probably a couple of other litmus tests, but those are the two I know right now. So if you look back at my history, right, I figured a lot of this out when I was 17, 18, because I was a student of politics since I was around four or five years old. I read everything I could get a hold of. And I realized that those in power, this bird, if you want to talk about it, never wants people to leave its nest. It, ne it wants to entrance people into thinking it's going to solve your problems. And the biggest um, uh, hypnosis is to think that this swarm is going to do something for you and you don't have to do anything to fight for your own interests. And fighting for your own interests means that you get to a state of consciousness where you realize that you have to build a movement with other people of equal consciousness who understand specifically this dynamic I just laid out, the shoulders of the bird, the fact that the bird actively creates these quote-unquote fake anti-establishment, fake idols, fake heroes to keep you entranced. And they do it almost like they have a casting uh, agency that is keep hiring these people, okay? And they do it with a recurrent, relentless process to keep people so that bird can get its claws into people, you know, its talents into people and never let them go. And it's been doing this since I would say 1950 to 1970 in a very deliberate way. Because it is figured out through all sorts of, you know, from advertising concepts from Edward Bernays through a behavioral work of B.F. Skinner, right? Um, through essentially the the swarm has invested trillions into understanding how to psychologically manipulate people, and guys like me who go to their institutions of power are supposed to use my brain to further manipulate people and give them hope that that system is going to save them. But unfortunately, guys like me didn't forget where I came from.
And I decided to use all that knowledge to educate people on these systems of power. So it is not an individual battle by myself, but it, it becomes a larger struggle of people moving through the space of consciousness. And that's what this is ultimately about. And that's what we did very, very effectively in 2020. Um, because I threw myself into the U.S. Senate campaign, into their um, swarm, you know. Um, I went into the belly of the beast. We ran for office against Elizabeth Warren and then in the GOP Republican Party. And it was because someone like me with my skill set went into there, which they did not expect. That was an unexpected occurrence for them. Um, we discovered how the election systems in this country, the real issues, not and we'll talk about this other dynamic. Whenever the real issues start coming out, the swarm has its set of casting characters who come in and they try to take the real issues and they do a lot of disinformation. The real disinformation is taking the real issues and then clouding it with fake issues. Mike Lindell was part of that in the election system stuff. Now, the problem the people on the right hate me and not all of them, is because they thought I was their boy, you know? Oh my God, Dr. Shiva's fighting for Trump, exposing the election systems. But as I went through that process, I uncovered the real issues, which were signature verification, and let's say election systems, are, uh, sorry, the chain of custody. These are real pillars that, from a deeply engineering scientific level that I uncovered. Trump used my material to raise money off of it. Then you had people like Mike Lindell and other grifters jumping in. They said, wow, this election system stuff, we can get views and podcasts and we can write, you know, we can ask for money. And they used the actual real material that I discovered through a lot of hard work and through science and engineering, and they made it, they grifted off of it. And election systems became a right-wing issue, not an American issue, but a right-wing issue, right? It's quite fascinating. When I did the same work in 2013 to 2014 on using, by the way, to everyone listening, I take a systems approach. System science is the future of your liberation. To those of you interested, go to truthfreedomhealth.com, and I'll talk more about that. We'll probably play a video so people can understand what is system science. But system science breaks you out of the talons of this bird, out of the swarm, because you start raising your consciousness to see things beyond this dialectic. And by the way, the elites, no system science. I used to teach it at MIT, okay? They learned this knowledge and they use it to keep you in the in the you know arms of this um, rapacious bird, you know, or vulture, whatever you want to call it, or within the swarm. That's what they do, okay? But if you learn it, which I've been, I've figured out a way to teach it to everyone so you don't have to spend 20, 30 years, you don't have to be a nerd, um, that I can teach this to anyone, you can, and you have to commit yourself to learning and acting and understanding these processes, right? Then you become a serious force for change. So every fundamental issue that I've been involved in as a system scientist, be it agricultural issues, focusing on the genetically engineered food issues, or the election systems issues focused on, you know, how the elections are manipulated, right? Or the issues on surveillance and censorship where I uncovered the entire censorship infrastructure in this country. Or you look at health, how your body is a system, right? How uh, the immune system is what we need to focus on beyond this vax, anti-vax dialectic that's emerged. And that is why um, many of these people have been splintered 
because we went into the medical freedom movement and there was the pro-vax anti-vax the anti-vax guys were essentially shilling and taking money from very wealthy women people like booby effing kennedy was doing that that was his full-time job doesn't know a lot about any of the science and then you have the pro-vax people led led by big pharma so you have big pharma and essentially um this nonprofits who are never want to go to the real issue they just want to keep the dialectic going and so when i came into that i said look this is nothing with pro-vax or anti-vax we have to really focus on the immune system and the resilience of the immune system that's a very different issue so last night for example uh over the weekend i was on with these podcasters who were pro-vax because they were they thought i was an ally because there's a guy called steve kirsch who's a complete moron okay you know and is part of the kennedy camp goes to mit does a 248 slide presentation which is the most nebulous awful presentation i've ever seen in my life as an educator in the middle of any he was given the new zealand data from the new zealand quote-unquote whistleblower and the, it's a nothing burger there's nothing there but he conflates it to act as a, oh my god vaccines are definitively killing people and by the way i'm a guy who did massive protests against the lockdowns i was the one leading many things against the vaccine mandates focusing on the immune system telling people why the masks were a problem right from a scientific perspective i never saw this guy anywhere but we went at the heart of the real issues using the systems approach hey you need to focus on the immune system but the pro-vax and anti-vax guys don't like that because we're actually taking this out of this dialectic and saying wait a minute this is a very different realm now because this is because as long as you're in this pro-vax anti-vax camp you're still part of the establishment and i'll talk about that as long as you're in the pro and anti-gmo camp you're still part of the establishment the real issue in the gmo issue is substantial equivalence there's an issue there there's a fundamental issue the real issue with it with election systems is not that there's election for pro election fraud no there is no election fraud the real issue is chain of custody and signature verification you see so these guys do not ever want to go at the heart of the issue they want to run the racket okay be it in any of these industries cancer right all these nonprofits, poverty you can keep going down the list whatever the issue is they have no interest in really solving the fundamental issue they want to perpetuate the dialectic because they're making both sides are making money one side is making money running nonprofits, ngos you know showing pictures of let's say poor babies in africa give us money right um and the other side is essentially making money moving through um its agenda you see so the systems approach breaks through it so we are splintering a lot of these groups and this is why booby kennedy we exposed him when i came into the medical freedom movement it's not, not something i came into i've been a scientist considered one of the leading guys in the immune system that's why i was invited by the national science foundation to give their prestige lecture in 2019. so when i looked at this issue i see all these contradictions here's booby kennedy talking about medical freedom and acting like he's against vaccines yet he vaccinated all his kids yet he says he believes in full vaccination of all americans yet he comes from a family his uncles both his uncles were involved in passing legislation to create the 1962 vaccination act and then to protect the big pharma companies he's part of that lineage and he wants to create safe vaccines which i don't know how he's going to do because the immune system is quite complex you're going to give everyone the same vaccine using the same corrupt infrastructure you say He's full of shit. 
And then over here, you have the big pharma people who attack him and he attacks them and they just keep going. It's just this nonstop nonsense and the average person stuck there and they say, okay, I'm not going to take the vaccine. You're going to take them and everything's split, but no one's focusing on the real issue. When you peel away all their bullshit is let's talk about immune system resilience because resilience is a property of all systems, man-made or natural. You see, now we've ripped, it, ripped away everything. We're saying, let's talk about resilience. So yesterday when I was on the call with these pro-vax and anti-vax people, New Zealand, well, what the the real data, the, first of all, the data that comes out doesn't, you can't really conclusively make a decision whether vaccines are safe. But if you really look at the larger issue in New Zealand, they vaccinated people. And when the COVID wave, COVID came again in 2022, more people died. So the real issue is were the vaccines even effective? You say, this is a real issue. The effectiveness of the interventions people are proposing. The safety issue is a different issue, but the data to me shows for all you matter, just take some saline. They have no effect. You say, and that's what you come down to. So what does have effect? Supporting the resilience of the immune system, vitamin D3, right? The vitamin A, the social relationships, lockdowns destroyed people's immune systems. Now you look at the immune system at the key biological level and you see all the inputs that fuck up people's immune systems. And you find out, well, social isolation is the worst thing you could do to someone's biological system. The reason people live the longest, by the way, in a place like Sardinia is they have very close communities. Number two is they do some very vigorous activity and they get lots of sunshine, vitamin D3. And then they all drank or had some fermented foods, right? So if you want to live long, you start looking at the systems issues and you intersect it with the biological systems. Now, none of these candidates know how to do that. None of these politicians know how to do that. The systems guys know how what I'm talking about, but they work for the opposition, you see? So you're looking at someone who came from below, who got all this knowledge, who understands the science of systems and who's advanced it. So when you take the pro-vax, anti-vax, why aren't we talking about immune system resilience? They don't want to talk about that because now you have very simple solutions. They're very cheap solutions that everyone can do, right? New Zealand has, I mean, it's so it's right in your face, the third most fattest people on the planet, which is quite extraordinary, 37% obesity. And among the Maoris, 57 to 70% obesity. Now, why that's like the big elephant in the room. And we're having this discourse about vax, anti-vax, vax, anti-vax. And all these people out there shilling their stuff. And I didn't, by the way, I didn't see any of these guys in 2020 fighting against lockdowns, fighting against masks. All these people come later and now doing the lecture tour. They weren't out on the ground fighting on the ground like I was organizing. Because I know as an immune system scientist, as a system scientist, the real issue is immune system resilience. And we saved hundreds of millions of people's lives with the protocol we put out there. Didn't make a penny off of it. Vitamin D3, right? Get out in the sun, vitamin A, quercetin, zinc, et cetera. I did that. Zelenko came and bottled it. Okay. See the difference here? The difference here is who truly cares for the advancement of the human race and the working people of this world. I do, because I'm one of those people. I never forgot where I came from. None of these people come from that world. They don't. Be it Trump, be it Booby fucking Kennedy, be it fucker Carlson, be it Elon Musk, none of them. They all come from privilege. You know, I have to face the fact that I live in this dark skinned body every day and that I am also 
truly a revolutionary. You see, I'm not a good Indian. Vivek the Snake is a good Indian. He uses the anti-establishment rhetoric. He's never lived the life of ever having to fight for anything. I have. And so the people that come to us are the people who really love us because they're saying he's one of us. They see beyond skin color. They see my heart. They see our movement soul and they get it. And they realize that our movement is the only force on the planet that can liberate people to deliver truth, freedom, health. Donald Trump doesn't give a fuck about anyone. Look at the boxing match he goes to. Who's he with? Dana White. Right. Who's he with? He goes and shakes Joe Rogan's hand. Why do I bring those three people up? They're all backed by the devil I call Ari Emanuel, who runs Hollywood, who runs UFC, who runs worldwide wrestling, um, you know, WWE. His brother is Rahm Emanuel. All these people, you know, are Israeli Mossad, in my view. So anyone who thinks Donald Trump is anti-establishment is out of their fucking mind. Anyone who thinks anyone in the GOP's anti-establishment is out of their mind. In many ways, the Clintons and the Bidens. And the Romneys are very direct, right? You know who they are, the Nikki Haley's. So that's the obvious establishment or the Mitch McConnell's, right? But the fake anti-establishment people, including a guy like Thomas Massey, who's the who's their token constitutionalist, but he voted for SISA on November 16, 2018. So this is a fundamental thing that our movement's awakening, and we are shattering the swarm. And if you want to talk about we're splintering it, it's a good thing. And it needs to occur. Destruction needs to take place in the mind of how fucked up these people are, how deliberate they are in manipulating people. So now with that background, we can talk about any of these issues. We can talk about election fraud. What is election fraud? Election fraud is a systems process. Okay. It's a systems process to continue this theater. That's what it is. It's it, And to give people this fake idea that somehow one of their people from the swarm is going to descend and save you. So how does this election fraud occur? What well, occurs long before the chain of custody and the, and the signature verification issues. That's like the end where they finally do the final tweaks. It's a, it's a manufacturing process, you say, from an engineering systems approach. The first part of the election fraud is who they even give visibility to. All right. Who they even give visibility to. That's where the election fraud begins. And the election fraud begins on who they make invisible. Right? So think about it. More people know me than Jill Stein or Cornell West. You know, uh, if you look at the long fuse report that came from Stanford, they said, when I used to do a tweet, it has as much spread as Donald Trump. You can go look at it. It's in a Stanford report. So why is it I'm not included in any of the independent polling? They leave you even out of the polling. That's what's fascinating. And I've had to deal with this, by the way, to everyone listening most of my life. Some of it has been jealousy. You know, some of it has been because I work probably 10 times harder than the average bear. And this bothers some people. I used to be left out of competitions, um, except in high school. Literally, I was the best student. They would run the best student chemistry exam and they would leave me out of it. And I had to fight to even get on the stage when I was one I mean, who got straight A's and everything. It's quite extraordinary. It's like they truly fear real talent. They're so fucking afraid of truly competent people. And so this is a mixture of racism. It's a mixture of jealousy. It's a mixture of shit. This guy's a real deal and he will fuck us up. So we have better keep him off everything. 
And now in 2020, before they really put their censorship infrastructure, we got our word out there. Everyone knew, oh yeah, Dr. Shiva is the one who's fighting for us on the pandemic, right? I gave solutions. We wrote to Trump. We ran the Fire Fauci campaign. It was in 2020. We discovered the entire censorship infrastructure. None of these fools were there. They stole our stuff, copy our lawsuit, find other brown guys to run it. It's just sheer plagiarism. Why? And you have to understand why. It's not I'm seeking credit, but credit does matter. Credit is important. So I seek it not for me, but I seek it to inspire people where real change comes from. It comes from one of us who actually does the work, not them. These people plagiarize all day long. They don't even play by their rules. So we were the ones who discovered the censorship infrastructure. We discovered all the real issues, election systems integrity. We're the ones who proposed real solutions to save. And we did save hundreds of millions of people's lives with our protocols. So that was in 2020, Seth. And our message went everywhere. Half a billion people know about our movement, about Dr. Shiva. And they're like, fuck, how the hell did this guy get out? So the immediate thing was to do a two-part sophisticated censorship, which is, okay, we'll let him back on. We're going to keep him in a digital cage, right? And to purposefully not include me in any discourse. Because if I get in front of people, I always win. People say, wow, that guy's articulate. He's smart. He's got all these degrees. He invented email. He invented this. He's one of us. So they actively do not want to let me on. That's how, that's how much pussies they are. They're so afraid of me. Tucker Carlson, one of the biggest pussies on the planet. Joe Rogan, one of the biggest pussies on the planet. All of them. Because they know if they put me on their shows, people be like, what the fuck, Joe? Why didn't you put him on during the Monsanto things when people said he should be on? Because he had the real issue on genetically engineered foods. Why didn't you put him on to talk about immune system resilience? You wait two years when it's in vogue to talk about being a quote unquote, you know, anti-vaxxer. You see what I'm saying? not when the shit is hitting the fan. These people are absolutely afraid of one of us understanding how they operate, being articulate, being intelligent, and actually working hard because they do not work hard. They're cheaters. So when they look at election, the election, they say, we need to have a bunch of puppets and they have various puppets set up. One set of the shoulders of the establishment, the obvious puppets. And now, because of us, they have to create all these other not-so-obvious establishment people, like the Baskin-Robbins um, flavors. Okay, we're going to have Trump over here acting like he's a patriot. That's his thing. Make America great, okay? And he'll sucker people in. And his job, Trump's job, is to support the quote-unquote Christian evangelicals who report right up to Israel, by the way. and. You know, I'll be sharing some very important data over this week that Trump, yeah, Trump wasn't put in there by Russians, but Trump was put in there. Elections are selections. He was put in there by Netanyahu and Israel. And the data has been all out there for eight months. It's all in the FBI records. Even Mueller suppressed it. So Trump serves Israel. And the deal was struck using Netanyahu and Roger Stone and Trump to put him in there. And in return, he would move Jerusalem, make Jerusalem the capital, and he would fuck up the Iran nuclear deal, right? All at the behest of Israel. Yes, Trump is owned by Israel, okay? You can look at all of his business ventures. You have Vivek the snake. They had to go find a brown guy. And he literally mimics my stuff. Booby Kennedy literally comes, sends his spies to our Zoom sessions, takes our slogan, declare your independence. Literally word for word, watches what we do and replicates it. 
You see, so what they've done is they know the real movement is coming, Seth, which is a true movement, which is inspiring people bottoms up, which is what they have tried to suppress since 1950, 1970 in this country. So in order to do that, as people are getting smarter and smarter and smarter, they're like, shit, we need to create enough flavors of people so we can sucker each one of them into different slots, but ultimately they will bring everyone back to the swarm. That's what Bernie Sanders did. Talked a big game at the last minute hugs Hillary Clinton. And I read that, you know, I, I told friends that's what he's going to do. The same thing Jesse Jackson did in 1984. Okay. So they have created now a Baskin Robbins flavor of fake anti-establishment rhetoric. And they're creating the new media industrial complex, which I've been talking about. Alex Jones, Fucker Carlson, right? Um, go down the list, right? These people all report up to Zionism and the swarm. They will talk a game as though they're anti-establishment, but you can look at the litmus test when it comes to Zionism. And the litmus test of, will they put me on their shows? They won't, it's too dangerous for them. And I wouldn't put me on their shows either because it, it's going to be over for them. So that's where we are. So, but so the, I passed but the, that litmus test here today. Well, that's why we go to independent podcasters, right? Yeah. And, even, and, and the interesting thing is, so when you look at the election fraud, who gets visibility, and then they do their beauty pageant because they're the ones who can manipulate the people the most, so they're getting all the Nielsen ratings. Who Who is able to manipulate people to bring them into the swarm? That's why Bernie's allowed to stay, AOC, all these people, booby fucking Kennedy. They create some controversies among them, right? Make it all theater, Shakespearean theater. And then they decide at the final minute who is going to be the president. Okay, we need Trump now. We use this black dude called Obama for two years. He misled blacks and whites. But when now we need a white guy to really, really fuck up all the white working class. And now they're in desperation, in my view, because of our movement. I mean, you go look at Booby Kennedy. I mean, we've hit him so fucking hard. Go look at his comments on social media because we expose him as a Zionist bullshitter, right? Or even Tulsi Gabbard. You see, Tulsi Gabbard was another one of their people waiting in the wings talks a good game. Her shtick is I'm, I'm against the military industrial complex. Meanwhile, she's on Fox. Meanwhile, she supported the destruction of Iraq. Meanwhile, she supports the annihilation of the Palestinian people, right? So these people have their, whatever shtick they have, but then you have to look at their history of actions. So and our movement is deliberately training people to do that. So when you say that the splintering is a good thing. Oh, very good thing. Is, is shattering of the swarm. Very high level perspective of that the system science they've been using against us is to perpetually keep us trapped within their control and these, these really four I, I, four elements the obvious left and right and the not so obvious left and right if things are if the masses are really dumb right they don't need the they don't need the wings right they can just sit and you know control them but people start learning okay they okay booby can you go out there and talk some shit as though you know your 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 uncle was killed by the CIA when he actually grew the CIA? He explosively grew it. Okay, so they have all this nonsense. Now, hey, uh, Bernie, we need you over here. Uh, Donald, we need you over here to talk some stuff as though you're a patriot. Okay, you know they make these phone calls to these people, and those people are very well benefited because they get to keep the dialectic going. And when the dialectic goes, you get one email from Biden and you get another email from Trump. And here are working people who have less than $400 in their bank account writing out checks to Trump for 100 bucks. I mean, how is this different than those evangelical preachers 
you know, that you see on this TV, give me money, give me money, give me money. Why do these people need any money? So this is a racket that they're running. As long as they keep this dialectic going, each one is sending emails and getting money, money, money. They don't care who, who wins because they're all part of the same club. At the end of the day, they're all smoking, you know, whatever together. Okay. They're all banging the same people together. They all eat together. And this is what people need to understand. And I have a perspective on this because they always try to make me part of their clubs wherever I went because of my intelligence, because of my pedigree, because of my knowledge. The, the path for me was to become a professor at MIT, right? Or within their clubs in Hollywood or within their governmental systems. So they have a serious so, problem because we've built a movement now. And so part of the trap is, I think, that for people that are, they see past the two wings, or sorry, the shoulders, but then they go to the outside of the wing and they, they think that they've discovered the truth out there, whether it's, it's on either side but they're still being kept in that system. And so what you're looking at here is you're taking a step back and saying, look, they're using system science merged with, with the you know, Bernays-type psychology to keep people trapped in this perpetual system and even creating the narrative so when you think you're exiting the door, there's actually a whole other building waiting for you that, that you feel like is outside the system. But it just Well, what it is is you're, you're, you're basically going into a door and a tunnel is bringing you right back in. You see? I see. All roads lead back to them, Right. And how do you break out of that? How do we, because ah. even as, as now, as we're heading into 2024, the elections are still absolutely rigged. I mean, there's so much, I think, that, that is difficult that makes me think like, are we just perpetually trapped in this? Or is it that you get enough people that see the system for what it is? I mean, how do we, let's just say there's a program that's, that's in the, the minds of Americans. It's an operating system. And the operating system was installed by the deep state to only look at things this way. How do we rewrite that operating system to see past the lies and deception and free people and walk people outside of Plato's cave and say, look, there's sunlight out here. Stop staring at the shadows on the wall. The only way to do that right now at this point in history is our movement, Truth, Freedom, Health, period. If there was it, I would not be doing this. And it has been a life journey for me. Um, and I'll bring this up. I think I have a, um, can I share a screen here or no? Or, yeah, or you're on I can pull something up on my okay. end. Okay, yeah. so you're on yep. it. So if everyone goes to truthfreedomhealth.com, that single slogan, get educated or be enslaved, says it all. So, you know, my history as a inventor, you know, one was inventing email, Cytosol, many, many different inventions, Echo Mail. The, the, this is an innovation. It's a system. What is it? A system is, by the way, an interconnection of many parts. So Truth Freedom Health is a system. It involves an educational component. It involves a community. It involves technology. It involves um, you taking action. But right there on that video, you'll you'll see that right. If you stop right there, the the video I guess on my left right is the video called "Shatter the Swarm." Okay, everyone on the planet. By the way, it went viral on its own. I think it's probably got fifteen hundred million views on its own. You know, from other people downloading and sharing it, et cetera. But that video took me probably 50 years to do it, but I did it in 15 minutes. And I encourage everyone, if you really want to save your life, if you want to truly be liberated, go watch that video. And you can also see it at shattertheswarm.com. It's like a little movie. But in 15 minutes, you're going to learn who the real enemy is from an engineering systems approach. The video on the right, you know, is what is our movement. And maybe you can play that. Um, it's about a five-minute video, but it's a good video to play. And I'm just going to grab some water. 
Yeah, I'll, I'll play it. I'll, I'll full screen it and I'll play that for people right now. We have yeah. allowed our country to be taken over from within. And the end goal is you will have a homogenized world where we will become slaves because there is a condition among the elites that really thinks they're better than you deep down inside them that you don't deserve the freedoms you have. They don't. This reality is what people need to wake up to. And we need to all unite working people. There's only one movement that can do that. And that is the movement that we started creating here in Massachusetts, the movement for truth, freedom, and health. Look, I've been a student of politics since I was a four-year-old kid, studying revolutionary movements, left wing, right wing. There is a physics, there's a nuclear science to destroying the establishment. To build a bridge, you need to understand Newton's equation. You need to understand the laws of gravity. You need to understand Poisson's ratio. There is a way to build a revolution. And that's why I put this together. My goal is to train a army of truth, freedom, and health leaders. We don't need followers like social media. We need leaders, but they need training because the educational system does not teach them history, nothing. So in three hours, that's what I've started doing. That's the solution. We wow. got to train people first with understanding what a system is, the dynamics of all systems that affect nature. The second is understanding the interconnection between truth, freedom, and health. Freedom is the ability to move freely, communicate freely, talk freely. Without freedom, you cannot convert ideas hypothesis into truth which is science and without freedom you can't really get to truth and without truth you make up fake problems and fake solutions which means you destroy our health and without health which is the infrastructure of us and our body you can't fight for freedom truth freedom health third concept is it has to be bottoms up working people people who work uniting and what the right wing has done is whenever you say working people unite that must be communist Meanwhile, they've let the Democrats run unions, which suppress workers, completely corrupt. But when you look at the arc of American history, it's been when working people came up. We need to go local. Every solution I'm coming up with as a part of this movement, we're giving the science, which is the truth, and then we tell people what they can do on the ground. Like with election fraud, you don't need to wait for some lawyer. Our goal is to train people to go local, to go local, to go local, fight locally. Forget lawyers, forget politicians, Forget celebrities. You've got to learn politics. And there is a science to it. They lock us down. We should be ready to shut them down. And the fourth part of this principle is a not so obvious establishment. So when you look at a system, there's always something that disturbs you from getting to your goal. Well, the biggest disturbance is a not so obvious establishment, which are those people who claim they're for you on the left and the right. The Al Sharptons who tell black people I'm for you. The Tucker Carlson's. Do you think any true anti-establishment person will ever be on Fox or CNN? I don't think so. They both mislead working people back into the establishment. Without this solid understanding of political physics and theory, you're screwed. You're going to follow on the left wing, Bernie Sanders. Oh, he said something. Or Robert Kennedy. Scumbags. Or you're going to follow some right wing talk show host. They're not going to lead us to liberation. It's us. We're building a bottoms up movement. And that political physics, it's a nuclear science of change. Bottoms up. We have to organize to understand that there is people who talk a good game and then look at what they actually do, left and right. I'm sorry, Sean Hannity may say some good things, but I don't see the urgency in his voice to get something done. And it can only come when you weaponize yourself with the right knowledge. You need to be able to identify a rat. You know, Christ didn't go after the Romans, right? It was the Pharisees and the Sadducees who screwed him up, his own quote unquote people. And that's where we're at. So these four concepts. I've built into a curriculum where people can go to truthfreedomhealth.com and it's an educational program. We need to train people in political theory. You need to have physics. And I've created that curriculum. 
people need to get educated. We need to get educated fast. And within a half an hour, an hour, I can teach people two years of MIT control systems. I teach people those concepts. Then I apply it. Anyone can understand it. And then you say, oh, I got to build a bottoms up movement. They have to get politically astute and then they have to go locally and act, not sit there on social media. They have to act locally, defy locally, do civil obedience locally, but with knowledge on how to build a movement. And the Senate campaigns expanded to the movement for truth, freedom and health. And they can find it on truthfreedomhealth.com so people can sign in. They can get access to a bunch of videos if they want to take a course and become a truth, freedom, health leader. I offer a full scholarship there, but we want people to make a commitment that they'll study, that they'll get certified, that they'll go do activities on the ground. So go to truthfreedomhealth.com. Sean, the reason I wanted you to play that is what we've created is an infrastructure. You see, it, it in itself is a system. Um, so the infrastructure has one important component, which is not, so it's a, years ago, uh, when I finished my PhD at MIT, I went back to India and I was able to discover that the engineering system science that the elites learn, how every system in the universe works, is actually the same um, set of principles. There's nine principles. That is the same set of principles that were used by the ancient yogis of India. Okay, same principles. And, um, but they, you know, so the Indian system of yoga medicine wasn't really a religious system, it was actually a scientific system. And over the years, people forgot. So the ancient science of 20, 30,000 years ago matches one to one with modern engineering science. And so I was able to uncover that, publish, and I started teaching a course at MIT, one of the most popular electives. And then I took that out of MIT and I created a whole program called Systems Health which resulted in me writing a bunch of books and creating all these curricula. And we used to teach it all over the world. But that system self curriculum teaches people how everything in the universe is a system. Now we were focused on health, how you can use this to really appreciate your body as a system. And ultimately you yourself should be your own doctor. And you can literally learn how to do this in a foundational way. Um, Hippocrates said, he who is not his own doctor is a fool, right? So that is what really came out of that. And then I realized that when I ran for electoral office that these same principles show up in the world of politics. They show up in engineering, they show up in, in medicine, they show up everywhere. So once you learn these systems, you really are learning the science of everything. And it is the knowledge that the elites learn. And using this knowledge, this is how, you know, like 10, 100,000 people are able to control 8 billion people. It's like, imagine a finite set of people have fire and the less rest of us are shivering in the cold, the 8 billion of us. And that's what's happened. Literally think about that analogy. So like Prometheus bringing fire to the earth, this knowledge is that kind of fire. Um, so our goal is how do we do that? Getting back to your question. Well, the way any change has ever occurred in any aspect of humanity has always been the raising of consciousness on whatever, right? There was a scientific enlightenment, right? People realize, oh, I can start applying the scientific method. So there's a huge revelation that came out in modern times. It actually existed many centuries before that, but in modern times it was, oh, how do I actually, I, I'm, you know, I look at, at, at the world and what is this world? What is it made of, right? So people looked at the world with awe. And then we started uncovering these mysteries of the world, right? 
by following this thing called the scientific method. Not everyone learned it, but a finite set of people learned it. And we started making discoveries of how to split the atom, right? We started making discoveries of new fields in engineering, chemical engineering, right? Newtonian mechanics led us to fields like civil engineering and mechanical engineering, right? The discovery of Maxwell's equations led us to fields like, um, you know, physics and, and electrical engineering, right? Transistors, all this stuff, right? Wireless communication. So as people understood these scientific principles and the scientific method, it really raised the consciousness of people all over the world. And that resulted in new types of education and knowledge and everything we ha have around us came from that raising of consciousness. It was like a big bang took place and everything congealed that we see around us. So the bottom line is in the world we live in today, it's a world of systems, complex systems. Your body is a complex system. Election systems are complex systems, right? The censorship and surveillance systems, your iPhone is a complex system. We live in a world of complex systems. But if you can understand there, these nine principles show up in every complex system, you now have the fire like, you know, like Prometheus. And the elites know this. So they don't need a lot of them. They understand these complex systems. They understand the concept of feedback. They understand the concept of a goal and a sensor and input, output, transport, conversion, storage, disturbances, the concept, er, controllers. You say, what I just shared with you, these words are really representative of these very, how you understand complex systems. Now to take all of that knowledge, which took me 30, 40 years, and to make it into a form that everyone can consume, that's really the innovation the educational pedagogy that we've done. And then, then further to that, make sure you learn it, Seth, and you can teach others, learn, teach, and serve. So it's not dependent on me. So that's one part of truth, freedom, and health, right? The other part of it is raising people's consciousness. So, okay, they may get all of it, you know, intellectually, the thought, but their words, can they articulate this? Can they take on Booby Kennedy and destroy his nonsense? Can they take on a professor at Harvard Medical School and say, you know what? You don't know shit about the immune system. You don't, your education. Like we are creating now scientists, we're creating health activists um, and we're creating freedom fighters, truth, freedom, health. And we're giving them this core knowledge, which very few people have. And with that, and the next part is so they can articulate and then they can take action. Oh, this is what I have to do now. You know what I have to do now? I have to go download a flyer off Dr. Shiva's website. And people can find this on Shiva for president. And this single flyer itself is a system. It teaches people, you know, that we can't be choosing the lesser of two evils. That the fact is that in the United States, life expectancy is going down. And throughout the world, it's going to start going down. This is a central problem. This affects you as a human being. Your child is going to have a shorter lifespan than you. Who caused it? Well, go watch this video on the swarm. You want the solution? There's a guy running for president who's one of us. Go watch his video. We just played the video for you why you should become a truth and health warrior. And if you if and if you're still even lazy and you don't want to do that, you know, come to our open houses, which we do, and we teach you stuff. We teach you how to take care of your body as a system. We teach you how we should support local farming. We which is a real the environment issue. We teach you how you should think, how to think, not what to think. That's education. We teach you about innovation. We teach you about governance. We teach you about the economy. All these things we're doing and my winning the presidency will allow us to do this 
you we we would do the same thing I'm doing right now with you, Seth. How would I do anything different? Not much difference. We just keep doing what we're doing, educating people. Education is the ultimate weapon of of changing people. So to me, our victory set is this conversation we're having and your audience, wow, this guy's really making sense. I need to understand this. Our victory is taking someone who's a uh, a young 18, 19 year old who's completely confused to the world of what's going on and is feeling very complacent or very desperate or just wants to not do anything. And when we teach them this, they're like, shit, I really understand this now. I understand what's going on. Otherwise, people are literally in the dark. So that awakening is what we're doing, but not woke versus anti-woke. A true awakening where the people, where the individual understands these principles and then applying it, you say? So the application of it is, oh, I understand the election is a systems process. If you don't get visibility, that's where the fraud occurs. It's right up front. That's the input they do, right? The output is these people get to be made fake idols. And then they take that output and then they push it through this other system of where at the technology level, they can flip votes on voting machines, okay? They can delete ballot images, chain of custody. And then they have this whole signature verification process, which is highly flawed, right? So that's a mechanics, but it's a system within a larger system. So people start seeing these as systems processes. And then they say, okay, what's the way out of it now? What is the way out of it? Now I understand the problem. It's not like me voting for Trump is going to solve this or me voting for you know, Biden, right? What is fundamentally going to solve this? What's going to solve this is me understanding that this, all of these elections are selections. And the only way things have ever changed in humanity is when we started becoming a self-organizing system, independent of their controlled centralized models right? Self-organizing systems are where order emerges from seeming chaos, from all the splintering, okay? Where we have to splinter all their stuff, as we say, shatter the swarm. And now you can create the world that meets our goals, which is a systems principle, a goal, which is truth, freedom, health. Their goals are maximizing power, profit, control. So now we say, okay, we understand the kind of world we want which is for the vast majority of people, truth, freedom, health. Well, how do you get that? Well, first of all, people need to understand that people consistently need to learn how to think. They need to learn how to go beyond left to right, go to the real problem. So with the issue of the medical freedom, it's who is going to enable us to really have resilient immune systems? And how do we get that? Right? This is a very tangible solution. Well, you got to get enough sunshine. You got to have enough family and friends, you have to build community. And then you have to support your gut microbiome. I mean, you can, I can get into the details, but the bottom line is now you have these fundamental principles. Okay, so if I wanna live long, I gotta have society and community and friendships, and I cannot be under stress all the time. If you're under constant stress, right? Your cortisol level goes up, and what does that do to you? Well, you're gonna have a shortened lifespan, all right? So once you understand this, then you say, okay, what is the swarm doing? Well, everything they're doing is to destroy my biology. Everything that they do. And that's why this is a systems problem. This is why the lifespan has been going down since 1970, 80. Because they don't give a fuck about you. They don't care if you die fast, right? They're into making sure a finite set of them live long. They get their organic food. They live whatever. They get the best foods. They will, you know, backend it with robot and AI. And you, frankly, are just a useless fodder to them right now. You're just a temporary tool 
for their advancement. And that's what people need to understand when you take a systems perspective. So it really comes down to set people raising their consciousness. And that consciousness demands that you give people knowledge. Knowledge is very different than information. Knowledge is one step above information. We're able to take all of this information, have a framework for organizing that information into a tangible um, uh, aspect of any issue to get the wisdom on that issue. So you, you see, it goes from information to knowledge to wisdom. So if you look at information about, oh my God, what's going on with our elections? You know, who do I vote for? You get the knowledge of understanding what I just shared, that the real election fraud is they do not want you to build a movement. They do not want you to build a movement. They do not want you to build a movement. That's the real election fraud. So they give you the fake versions. They don't want you to really understand this and become true citizens. So once you, once you understand that comes from knowledge, now you have the wisdom and the wisdom becomes, wow, I have to grow a movement. It's about me. If you're a working person in the United States or any part of the world, no one is fighting for your interests. 97% of Congress voted to send weapons to Israel to, beat, to butcher the Palestinians. Meanwhile, 60, 65% of women and young people are against sending weapons. So what the hell's going on? So your Congress does not represent you. Your Congress is owned by Zionists. Your Congress of the United States or our Congress of the United States is owned by Zionism and it's owned by Silicon Valley, every single one of them. And so because of that, this Congress was absolutely fine on November 16, 2018, destroying the First Amendment. They, they created CISA, the Cybersecurity Infrastructure Security Agency, which allowed government to basically use social media to monitor and surveil all of us and deplatform people like me who was running for U.S. Senate because I exposed the fact that the election systems in this country are corrupt. And then I then they fully deplatformed me when I exposed the backend infrastructure that I found that was used to do the surveillance and censorship. Um, so that's what's going on. You see, but the Congress is owned and run by Zionist foreign actors and Silicon Valley. And that's why you have that result. Okay. The lifespan of you and your children is going down. So you have to now step back. Okay, so they have they've been killing me. For 40, 50 years. So what am I going to do? Am I going to be like Charlie Brown running down and thinking Lucy's not going to, you know, let me punt the ball? No, they're not going to. So you need a systems overhaul. Then you say, well, what's a systems overhaul? Well, a systems overhaul means we have to become a self-organizing system. And that begins with the individual raising their consciousness set. It's all comes down to the individual connecting their life journey with the collective journey. So it's a very interesting thing. It's a very famous riddle. Someone said, I am God, yet I'm not God, you know? You are God to the extent you can control certain things, but you're part of a much larger fabric. And you realize you have to become a co-creator with God. And if God is the co-creations of God, which is your other fellow human beings, you have to pursue your, you have to understand what, what are the pursuits you're doing for your truth, freedom, health? And how does that connect with your neighbor? And it is only from that connection, that raising consciousness, that any change has ever come on this planet. Now imagine all of us doing that, and not even all of us, about 100,000 people getting this, 10,000 people getting this. It's a significant change. It's a vibrational change in human consciousness. That's what needs to be done. So I, do you have time for, how's your time? Because I, I have one question that... I think we have until uh, 20, we have about 23 minutes, yeah. Okay. So it's, I, 
it's first off, I'm very fascinated by everything you, you presented today. I'm actually, I'm, I'm going to be going to, I'll, I'll pull the website up again. I'll put the links below as well. But I'm going to be going to truthfreedomhealth.com and checking this out. I'm fascinated by this. I'm fascinated with understanding the systems that they've used to control us. And I feel like that in some ways, what you're doing is you're taking these principles that they've used that are they try to keep secret and only give to their own elite class to control us. You're taking those principles and giving them away for people to fight back against that. Which I think is very yeah. Important. And what I've what I've done, Seth, is those principles have typically been used in engineering system science. And what what I've done is, first of all, understand that these principles were universal. They've existed for thousands and thousands of years. So that's one contribution. The next is taking this knowledge and uh, mass, quote unquote, mass marketing it, right? Meaning no different than imagine um, <laughs> taking nuclear physics and mass marketing nuclear physics. So everyone can have their own, you know, nuclear bomb at home, right? Or mass marketing um, um, how everyone can create an iPhone, right? Mass marketing. It's, it's a mass marketing of one of the most important elements of knowledge. And this is very destructive to the elites. Like I want to do for system science, what Henry Ford did for the car. Okay. So I want everyone on the planet to understand system science because now they can't be fucked with by anyone. They will understand why I slapped the shit out of Booby Kennedy all day long on social media and why when the idiot, I don't know if you saw the idiot went and put on his social media, a friend of mine sent me a thing. He said, I will give money. I no, no. He says he, he, whoever raises the most money for me in each state will get to have a threesome with him and his wife. And he basically said they get to go hang out together, go surfing with them, it's, you know, uh, and go falconeering with him. I mean, this is crazy shit, right? And you can see when we hit him, all the people are like, I don't want to go with you. Why don't, and that's one thing he recently did. And the other thing is he said, the Palestinians are the most pampered people in the world. All right. But you can see because of our exposing him, you go to his social media posts and it's just obliterating him. Now that would not have happened two years ago. Oh, poor Bobby, poor Bobby. They call him Bobby. We call him booby. Now that's, and Edward, you can, it's, a, it's an actual thing that we're doing to break up, to shatter, to splinter people's neural networks, which have made people think that these people are heroes. Now, we have had, we've got to do this awful job, unfortunately, right? But it is what needs to be done because the masses, working people have been so hypnotized by these people, by these not so obvious establishment people. So you have to, the input that we're putting in is to shatter the swarm. And it, it's something deliberate that has to be done. You know, when this guy, Steve Kirsch yesterday comes on and he goes, starts talking nonsense. I mean, if you saw us, it's just garbage. It would, it, it's as garbage as a kindergarten kindergartner thinking they could be in the NBA with Michael Jordan. So I had to, you know, it's taken me a while to assert the fact that certain people you need to expose vehemently. So he's saying, oh, have you seen my data? And I had to say, Steve, your data is just garbage. You're bullshitting people. You're a bullshitter. It is, it is going to a karate master. You know, I have four degrees from MIT. I've done all this stuff. I have to start owning that too. You see, for the benefit of other people. Imagine a karate master here and some idiot comes to him and talks a bunch of bullshit. You don't deal with that. You, you don't even have time for this nonsense. So because, so we've, we've had to start 
owning the work that hardworking people have done. You see what's happened, Seth, is hardworking people don't understand that there's a bunch of charlatans out there, that there's a bunch of people who take advantage of hardworking people. And that's been a life journey that I've had to learn. Like, I thought everyone else works hard. I realize they don't. I thought everyone else actually puts the time in and puts the sweat in to make something. Took me a while to realize people steal other people's shit. People steal credit. So it took me this journey to realize that you have to assert and take ownership of the things you've actually done. Why? Because you're not doing it for you. You're doing it for this larger issue about exposing the fact there's a finite set of exploiters who exploit working people all day. And working people are good, humble people. I was brought to be up to be very humble. It took me a while to realize, wait a minute, humility is not such a great thing for people who exploit you. And they exploit working people every day. Oh, I'm going to give you this guy, Bernie Sanders. I'm going to give you Donald Trump. And people think, oh, yeah, he's going to save me. You see, they take advantage of the goodness of working people. So part of shattering the swarm, you know, by the way, everyone should go to shiverforpresident.com. Quick, important thing. You should get a bumper sticker. Why? Because if they're not going to cover us, Seth, this bumper sticker gives people the opportunity to put this on the back, you know, real windshield of their car or their bumper. And 100,000 people will see it per day. So now you become a force. And it's a good way to say F you to them. Right. We want people to go up to Shiva for president. Download this. It's a simple flyer. Think about the medium we're talking about. This is you with a piece of paper. Old school. You're not relying on, you know, Jeff Bezos or Elon Musk. You're handing this out. It's your paper and you give it to somebody. That's power. No one controls you. So these are very, very simple things we want people to do. Go to Shiva for president. Get a bumper sticker. It's five bucks. Notice, Seth, I have not once asked for donation money. If you were within interviewing any one of these other fools, give me money, give me money, give me money, give me money. They're the last people you should give any money to. If people do donate us money, we give them books. We give them courses to elevate their consciousness. And that's what a president should be doing. That's what a leader should be doing. A leader should be inspiring people and giving them tools to raise their consciousness. And that's what this country was built on. The United States was built on very highly conscious, enlightened individuals. Go look at their backgrounds and the work they did and compare them to me and compare them to any one of these other fools. And it doesn't even match. There's, no, It's not even close. You look at my resume, which comes from hard work, and you look at the resume of a Benjamin Franklin or a Thomas Jefferson, and they're pretty much going to match. You look at any one of these other fools, you'll realize how they cheated to get into college how they bullshitted people, how they stole money from one area to another area. Just, just a ring of bullshitting. Professional bullshitters. So one final question for you is, that I want to cover this with you, is the issue of Zionism. Because this is something... I, I worked in the Diamond District of New York City for nearly a decade. Uh-huh. Knew a lot of Hasidic Jews and various you know, kind of levels of Jewish faith. Love them, got along with them great. But you know, like an outsider sometimes, but I have a lot of friends I made. And whenever someone mentions, like you, for instance, you say Zionist XYZ, there's this anti Semitic label that sh- you know, they, you can't say that. That's anti Semitic. All oh, this guy is spewing anti Semitism. But I want you to, from your perspective, clarify what that means. What is, what is Zionism when you say that versus Judaism? How is it different than the 
say, a Jewish family that, you know, hardworking father putting his kids through school, working, et cetera. How is that different than Zionism? Because I feel like that, again, it's words are important. Go back to Edward Bernays. Labels and words are used, they can be used as weapons, they can be used as cures. They're, they're so powerful. And so people have taken this and they've used this as a weapon. You can't even say it without it being weaponized against you. So I, I want to hear your explanation because when we talk about the role of Zionism in controlling our politicians and countries, I want you to be able to explain what that means when you're saying it. Yeah, so let's look at it this way, Seth. You have um, these cultures over many, many centuries, right? Who have come up with some belief of their creator, okay? Um, Hinduism, frankly, it's a very disorganized religion, okay? It has many, you know, it's got thousands of gods, right? Hinduism believe gods in everything, right? It's a polytheistic religion. Um, you have Islam, you know, it's much more of a monotheistic religion, right? Uh, as well as, you know, Judaism, right? And Christianity. Well, Christianity, some people, depending on how you view it, right? Some people call it monotheistic. Some people call it Father, Son, and the Holy Ghost, right? And you get into all these interesting intellectual arguments, right? But throughout history, people have looked out and they've attempted to uh, build these faith-based you know, architectures, right? And we call those religions, let's call them, okay? And we're not getting, we're not going to get into a polemic on which one's better than the other, but those exist. There have also been something called political ideologies, okay? Some would say they're very close, but political ideologies typically have been in the world of politics, right? Uh, electoral politics, running the affairs of state, right? Governance. In the modern world, you have um, things called parliaments, right? You have things called judiciaries. You have things called um, executive branches, things like this, political systems. Um Zionism is a political ideology. Nazism is a political ideology. Brahmanism is a political ideology. Okay. Each of these ideologies may take from time to time elements from some religion, but they are a political ideology. So Zionism, and to, to be very clear, Zionism is actually anti-Semitism. Zionism equals anti-Semitism. Why do I say that? If you look at the history of Zionism, which came around in the 1800s, it was poof, made up by a guy called Theodore Herzl. Okay? It was created. It's a political ideology. He was actually an atheist. All right? It was a political ideology that was created to advance a small set of people who wanted to have the ability to view themselves as a chosen people over anyone else. And that's where it came from. Very similar to Brahmanism, which says a small set of people, the upper castes are better than anyone else. Same as Nazism, the Aryan race is better than everyone else. It's fascinating for me that Nazism and Zionism both use Indian symbols out of Hinduism, which is a star, you know, the six-pointed star, which comes directly from Hinduism, has been there longer than it has been in any of any other religion. And then also the swastika, which is also an Indian symbol, which Hitler used. So I find it fascinating, two of the most rabid, racist political ideologies, Nazism and Zionism, who are both anti-Semitic, by the way, 
both use these interesting two Hindu symbols. Very fascinating, okay? But nonetheless, one of the critical points people need to recognize is that in the history of the Jewish people, a majority of them settled in Europe. There were Europeans for most of you know the last three, four hundred years. And there were things called pogroms which would take place um, where Jews would get you know attacked by at least these people called Cossacks, okay? There were Jewish pogroms. Now you have to understand there's two sets of Jewish people here, the working class Jews and the elite Jews who would work very close with the princess or the kings. They did the job of being their bankers and their money lenders and where they're, you know, you know, as you said, in, in New York, right? Um, that was sort of the role these upper caste Jews fell into. And, you know, those people in any sector, if you're among the black, let's say among a black populace or a Jewish populace or an Indian populace, right? One of the things we we need to understand is there is class differences, right? Among the Indians, it's not like everyone's Indian. No, there's super wealthy Indians, and there's a vast majority of Indians who don't have a lot of money. Among poor, among white people, there's super wealthy whites and a bunch of other people that are pretty poor whites, majority. If you look among black kings in Africa, they also traded in slavery, a finite set of kings who subjugated vast majority of other black folks, okay? And you could keep going on. All right, now, suppose you're in Europe where you have all different kinds of people, okay? You have Jews, you have Christians, you have um, people of different races, right? The upper upper elites, remember, they always want to retain power. So it's very important they actually perpetuate racism. It's going to sound very interesting. Racism and ultranationalism is a tool of the elites. Racism and ultranationalism is a tool of the elites to keep the other set of people constantly fighting against each other. They have to do that. The colonists who first came to the United States made sure that the black slaves were always fighting against the, the, um, the Native Americans and the poor whites. They always kept them in constant fear of each other. All right. So the Jewish elites always wanted to keep the vast majority working class Jews in, in fearful of, oh my God, you can't trust a Muslim. You can't trust a Christian. And the Christians did the same thing too, okay? The mullahs did that. The Jewish rabbis did that, as well as the you know, Catholic priests. They're, they're all running their own businesses, you see? They need to keep their, their customers constantly, the, their customer base is based on making sure there's division, right? Think about what I'm saying. Their customer base is based on making sure there's division. All right. So, so once you take that background and you, now you look at um, what was going on in Europe in the 18, 1800s, particularly, there was a broad recognition that there was going to be a workers' revolution, a real movement of working people all over Europe. And the broad mass of working class Jews were leaders of many of those movements, particularly in Germany. They were leading a lot of the bottoms up trade unions. And they were integrating cross-culturally because they were leading workers' movements against the elites, okay? So if you look in Germany specifically, there were many of the bottoms of trade union leaders were Jewish leaders, working people. And over here are the elite Jews who didn't like this. In fact, when Theodore Herzl 
was organizing Zionism as this idea, oh my God, we're being discriminated in Europe, right? And Jews were discriminated, okay? So what was the solution? The broad majority of Jews, Seth, they were like, we're going to fight fascism. They saw the emergence in 1930s of Nazism. And the broad mass of Jews were getting ready to fight it. Hey, we're we're Europeans. We live here. We're white people. This is our land, okay? We contributed to the development of Europe. No different than black people who were made slaves in the United States. It's not like they all got up and said, let's go back to Africa. A small portion of them attempted to do that with Marcus Garvey. He was re- leading a cultural nationalist movement. He said, oh, okay, look, we're black folks here. No one loves us. Let's all go back to Africa, our good old homeland, okay? Well, he he got a couple of ships, actually, and he took people back to Africa, believe it or not. And they essentially became oppressors of the African people. If you go want to go read what happened in Liberia, it's a very interesting story. They went back to their homeland, which was Liberia, and the blacks who went back subjugated all those people over there, okay? It's a fascinating story. So here, the elite Jews, remember, their goal is to keep their customer base in alignment. But a lot of Jews were starting to get involved in working class movements, right? Fighting fascism. And this was not valuable to the German elites who were actually friends with the Jewish elites. So a small movement called Zionism, which was a fringe movement, suddenly starts getting funded and supported by Nazis. And it starts growing. Why? Because they wanted to breed more fear into the Jews that. You are hated here, you're hated here, you're hated here, right? That's how the Zionist movement grew. Same way if you go to India, right? There's so many different cultures there. If a Hindu politician is running against a Muslim politician, he'll go to the Hindu neighborhoods and say, those Muslims hate you. Those Muslims hate you. Did you know they said this about you? They said that, you know, you guys um, don't eat cows, you know, and, and you, you know, whatever, right? You can rile up people. So this is called communalism. So Think about the same way the Zionists wanted to grow. They wanted to keep their customer base. So they go to that customer base and say, you're hated, you're hated, you're hated. They needed anti-Semitism. So them and the Nazis concurred on the same issue. No different than Marcus Garvey and the Ku Klux Klan worked together. Because they said, okay, you don't want us here. We don't want you here. Let's go back there. But they're building their customer base. Okay? That's what this was about. So Zionism in Nazi Germany collaborated with the Nazis to butcher Jews. They were the police force of the Nazis. In the Warsaw Ghetto, for example, the working class Jews wanted to fight Hitler. They were anti-fascist, truly anti-fascist. And guess what the Jewish Zionists did? They disarmed their own people for Nazis. So Zionism needs anti-Semitism to build its base. And so Zionism is racism in the service of imperialism. That's my definition. And in this situation, what occurred was, here are the British imperialists and the U.S. imperialists. Remember, how does Britain always succeed? Through divide and rule, divide and rule. They went to India. They'd say one thing over here, one thing over there. They got everyone fighting. And then they'd come in and take their resources. They did that same thing to Africa. They'd go to one person here, say something, one person, something. Always start ruckuses. British are like those monkeys, you know, I don't know if you saw that monkey video, there's a monkey video going out on YouTube, this monkey comes in and, you know, just goes and starts shit everywhere, right? That's where the British 
empire was. Starts shit everywhere, gets people fighting, and then come steal all our bananas. Okay? So that's what Britain did all over Africa. Then randomly drew r- random lines called nation states. Then this king is saying, wait a minute, that's not that's that was my land. Oh, no, 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 that's his land. And they have kings fighting, they steal all their titanium and their gold. Okay? So Britain sees this very strategic location, right? Um, called Palestine. Shit, we got to start some shit there. We need shit going on there because we need to control that strategy. Over here were these Zionists looking for places for their homeland, right? And their original choice was Uganda, believe it or not. Argentina was another choice. So the you know, in the Balfour Declaration, they said, no, no, you guys can go here. And they're predominantly Arabs living there, including Arab Jews, okay? And these white Europeans are brought in there to settle and take over these people's land. And they created the shit that they needed. They, in fact, took advantage of these Jewish people in some sense. Because now they're putting them into a massive firefight. And that firefight was very valuable because Britain backed the Zionists. And with that backing, they literally created an aircraft carrier in the Middle East for them. And that's what happened. So this is why we say Zionism is racism splitting people in the service of British and U.S. imperialism. And that's what's happened. And now what's happened is Zionism has grown and merged with imperialism. So if you want to be a president of the United States, you better suck Zionist cock. That's what you have to do. And it's very simple. It may sound unpresidential, as I said, but it's very presidential. You literally have to do that. APAC controls 90% of Congress. All right. Hollywood is controlled by a few people from the swarm. So if a Harvard president opposes them, suddenly she's made to be incompetent and bad overnight. You're the ones who put you're the ones who put Claudine Gay in power. The Zionists put her into Harvard, but she didn't play your game fully. Right. So now you want to get rid of her. So that's what's going on. So Zionism is racism in the service of imperialism. Zionist needs anti-Semitism. So this is why it was Zionists, Israelis created Hamas. There were secular movements coming up among the Palestinian people, not associated with religious fundamentalism. So you see, they needed the fundamentalism because that perpetuates anti-Semitism, which they need to keep their customer base together. As long as people understand that in in the area of Zionism, Zionism is racism. Brahminism is racism. Nazism is racism. The concept of it promotes these set of people should rule over you. Brahminism promotes that. Nazism promotes that. The Aryan race, right? All these three things are the same thing. And by promoting this, they give their base something to say, oh, yeah, we are better. We are better, right? And so that creates a cultural nationalism and that creates division among all of us. So Zionists love Nazis who love Brahmins. And it's interesting, the Brahmins of India supported the, the uh, go look at what the Indian Brahmins said. Oh, yeah, yeah, we, we had to support Israel. It's fascinating, right? To watch that the commonality of the same people believe in this philosophy of two-tier systems, a small set of people should rule over, they all come together. That's helpful. Yeah, Zionism is racism. It has nothing to do with Judaism. It uses some artifacts of Judaism, no different than Brahminism uses some stuff from Hinduism, no different than Nazism probably use some stuff from some, you know, 
Christianity, right? So that's what these guys do. They they need to make sure the working people of the world are in constant division and constant turmoil. And one of the best ways to do that is, is to support some type of tribalism. Oh, we're better than them. We're better than them, right? Um, Malcolm X started in that realm, right, with Elijah Muhammad. You know, this concept of black nationalism, right? When you read Malcolm X, the book, you'll see Elijah Muhammad said that white people were, um, you know, devils, right? So it's the reactionary way of dealing with oppression that you promote the oppression of the other race. So the reactionary way of Zion, Zionism is really a cultural nationalist ideology. It's a way to react to the racism that the broad mass of Jewish people were suffering in Europe. Instead of saying, yeah, let's fight. We should stand here. We should fight for our rights in a progressive nationalist way. They said, no, 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 let's dig up some 4,000-year-old reference. Let's go back to some homeland over here. That's what Marcus Garvey attempted to do, okay? So cultural nationalism is very, very dangerous. It's not a progressive nationalism, right? And I'm giving a little bit of political theory, but cultural nationalism is a very powerful force that can be used to divide people um, and create what I call the real racism and to uh, make sure working people don't see their common enemy. And that's what it comes down to as well. Yeah, like Not the German work, the German workers and the Jewish workers had the same enemy. It was the bourgeois Jews and the bourgeois Germans in Germany, right? Who were raping them all the time. It was both of them. So it was very convenient for Hitler to create his thing to talk about a nationalist Germany. Meanwhile, you know, so he used that to uh, mobilize all the German people. And the Zionists did the same thing to mobilize all the Jewish people, right? When the reality is that Hitler was anti-Jew and anti-German. <laughs> you know, he wanted to screw both people and he was funded heavily by US and British imperialists when people actually go look at his background. So bottom line is that people need to wake the fuck up and realize that we need to be led by us and by our own people. If there is an us versus them, it is a working people of the world and there is an us versus them. The people actually work and create and do honest work and the them who frankly don't do any work. They spend, you know, trillions of dollars reading Edward Bernays, doing celebrity worship, right? So we basically are dulled into submission, as a Shadow of the Swarm video says. Exactly. Well, Dr. Shiva, you've given me a lot to think about. I've got a lot of homework now. Uh, thank you again for just taking the time. I know we've gone way past our time. I'll make sure that I put the links to your uh, Shiva for President website and the uh, Truth Freedom Health website. In yeah, the let, let me just let that. me just hit it again. You know, everyone should go get a bumper sticker because the first time you have a presidential candidate uh, who is really represents us. You know, um, I don't have to fake anything, right? You can go look at my entire history, but get one of these bumper stickers at Shiva for President numero for President then if you want to take it to another level and you want to be an activist, go download this flyer, print it on black and white paper, hand it out to your friends, teach them who the swarm is, teach them what the fundamental issue is, that a small set of people are manipulating all of us and they don't give a damn about your health, right? Your child will have a shorter lifespan than you. And then here are the solutions. And then finally, go to truthfreedomhealth.com and become a warrior scholar. But go to Shiva for President Volunteer. We need to get on the ballot in every state. 
we need to get about you know 1.5 million signatures uh, across all states. Now we will actually build a ground force to do that. Kennedy couldn't even get a thousand signatures in Utah and is begging people for $15 million and the Zionists are gonna fund him. So he, think about what I'm saying, Seth, is you're supposed to, in the spirit of the truth, have actual volunteers who support you and they're supposed to go collect signatures to get you on the ballot. He is going and begging for money from the base of poor people. And then he's gonna take that money and give it to signature collectors who charge 10 bucks a signature and they're private companies. So he's taking money from the poor and giving it to the rich, taking money from the poor, giving it to the rich. It's it's really a transfer of wealth that he's doing, even on signature collection. No one should give this guy one penny or any one of them. You know, I was out in Utah doing training sessions and we had our people who'd never done this before and they're learning to collect signatures on their own. That's called a movement. What they're doing is bullshit. All right. Thanks. Thanks, everyone. Be, be well. Be the light. Hey, Thank John, you. can you um, play? John is going to finish off. If you want, we're going to finish off playing our Shiva for President video. Thanks, Seth. Okay. Thank you. Be well. Thank you. Who would have ever thought I'd be running for president of the United States of America? I was born a low caste untouchable in India's caste system, a system of aristocracy, oppression, and racism. My name is Dr. Shiva Ayadure. I'm an MIT PhD, a Fulbright scholar, a scientist, engineer, entrepreneur, and inventor. My family and I left India to come to America on my seventh birthday. I grew up in the working class neighborhoods of New Jersey, playing baseball, mowing lawns, painting houses, and coding software. My friends and neighbors are blacks, Italians, Irish, people of all races. As a 14-year-old, I wrote 50,000 lines of software code to create the world's first email system and was awarded the first U.S. copyright for email recognizing me as its official inventor at a time when copyright was the only way to protect software inventions. I did that long before I ever came to MIT, revealing that big innovations can occur anytime, anyplace by anybody. Growing up, I saw politicians dividing us by race and religion in both America and India to have us fighting each other while they remained safe in their gated communities and in their playgrounds of Hollywood, Martha's Vineyard and Silicon Valley. I'm a fighter. I fought racism and exposed their imperialist wars fought for workers and put my life on the line against global corruption. I never wanted to run for political office. All that changed when I saw working Americans as never before being duped by the establishment and the not so obvious establishment. Across left and right, we were being sold out and made to forget why we came to America and why America existed. Lawyers, academics, billionaires, celebrities and politicians, elites, Clintons, Kennedys, Bidens, Obamas, Bushes, black and white have hijacked America. They printed trillions for their friends. They delivered crumbling infrastructure, corruption, and racism. They've transferred trillions to themselves, dividing black and white, fear-mongering, and fake science. Lockdowns and censorship, dirty air, food, and water, pushing drugs upon us, making us sicker. We've been sold out. One set of rules for them, and another for us. We deserve a warrior with a history of courage in putting everything on the line for you, who believes in you, not them, who has created a movement bottoms up for truth, freedom, health. I've exposed their lies at the right time, never waiting until it was popular. I've exposed their false gods who exist to lead you back to them. I've exposed their fake science of lockdowns and masking and provided you solutions to fight them and win and protect your immune system, saving millions. I exposed Fauci, galvanized the fire Fauci campaign when others remained silent. When they stole our election, we sued the government and Twitter in our historic 2020 federal lawsuit 
exposing in bare view the government and big tech censorship infrastructure, the unholy alliance between government and social media companies. Where was Elon and his grifters? They stood by the sidelines and did nothing. They did not use their megaphones to help us when it could have made a big difference. Now our movement grows for truth, freedom, health, independent of all of them. Every day millions are learning the science of systems, the knowledge the elites do not want you to have, so you may learn how to think, stand up, and fight, independent of the establishment of left and right and their fake heroes. Now it's time for you to join the movement, to win back America, to win back truth, win back freedom, win back your health. That's why I'm running for President of the United States. This race is about you. This race is about truth, freedom, health versus power, profit, control. We've had enough. They think we'll fall in line and vote again for their lawyers, celebrities, billionaires, and chosen ones from above. We choose our heroes from below, from the rank and file who do what is right at the right time, not when it's convenient and popular. They can never represent us. What America needs is a movement by the working people, for the working people, who are educated, organized, decentralized, and fight for independence from their systems of control. And that movement exists. It's ready for you. We don't need them. We need us to go bottoms up, neighbor to neighbor. My journey, your journey are all the same. It's our time. It's time we had one of us. It's time to win back truth, freedom, health, to win back America, be part of this historic movement, all the way to our victory on November 5th, 2024. If you're an American citizen, pledge your vote now for Dr. Shivaya Duray, the independent candidate for U.S. president. No matter where you live, you can be a part of this. Volunteer as little as 20 minutes a day. Don't delay. This is Dr. Shivaya Duray, and I approve this message. Paid for by Dr. Shiva for president.